Hi, I'm Amber, and welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Nisha Salisbury, and she's going to be talking to us about Hashimoto's. Hi, Nisha. Hi, Amber. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to talk to you because I've had so many of my followers ask about Hashimoto's, and and they kind of feel like this is a disease that they just are going to always have to live with the symptoms, et cetera, kind of like it's a done deal, like we've always been told about diabetes. So I can't wait to hear your story. And But first of all, tell us, what in the world is Hashimoto's in the first place anyway? So it's Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and basically it's hypothyroidism with the bonus gift of also having an autoimmune disease, which is awesome, let me tell you. (laughs) So you get all the symptoms of hypothyroid, but then you also get all the autoimmune signs and symptoms as well. And until the last few years, this disease kind of flew under the radar. There weren't a lot of people talking about it, but lately it's become more I don't want to say popular, but more common to hear people talk about it. I think that's because it's being diagnosed properly. Um, When I first had all of my symptoms, I was testing normal on all of my labs and everything, but my symptoms were off the chart. Obviously, something was wrong with me, but several providers said everything was fine. All my labs were normal. My hormones were normal. My TSH was normal. And we now know that you obviously need to have more than just your TSH checked. You need T3, T4, free T3, all that stuff, antibodies. Um, all that's very important because that's what really will show if you have Hashimoto's versus hypothyroidism or just hypothyroidism. Um, so, yeah, it's just basically your body turns in on itself. You have a lot of brain fog is very common, uh, low energy level. There's so many symptoms that seem like it's just stress, depression, life, all that kind of stuff. But really, when you get down into it, you can see that it's, it's your body being torn apart and it's very stressful. <laughs> it's a hard, hard disease to have because it's not easy to see on the outside. You can look at someone and think that they're perfectly healthy when really their body has literally turned against itself. So it's a pretty serious problem and I'm glad that more people are talking about it. Yeah, for sure. I, I, my mother lives with me and she not too in in the past distance got uh, diagnosed uh, with having Hashimoto's and watching day to day. Some days she has good days, some days she has bad days. And it's just, just one thing after another, it's like a house of cards and, you know, fatigue is this and that and inflammation for this and that. And, And it's just constant. And so I'm witnessing it firsthand. And so I'm glad more and more people are speaking out about this so people can understand and that they don't have to live with it. So go ahead and tell us your story. I, I think it is just so inspiring to see how you've come from being so, you know, sick with, with symptoms to being this vibrant, beautiful woman who has been able to have a child. Right. Uh, so yeah, my story started four years ago, almost five years ago. Um, I do think that my Hashimoto's was triggered by breast implants because all of my symptoms showed up within about three to four months after I'd had them done. Um, There is some research going on about trauma, drama, surgery, anything like that that can trigger your Hashimoto's. I think it would have showed up eventually anyways, but I think that probably fed up the process. So I started seeing symptoms after that. I gained weight. I gained about 60 pounds-ish. I had pain, fatigue, 
so much inflammation, irritability. My PMDD was crazy. It was mostly emotions that were my sounding symptoms because I am a pretty positive, upbeat person, lots of energy, like to do things. And I had just stopped all of that. I had no energy, no interest in anything. I was just the shadow of my former self. I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. Like I said, I went to a few providers and nobody could figure it out. They tried to give me Celexa, things like that. And so I just kept digging and digging until I found women talking about Hashimoto's and being in their early twenties and feeling like they were, you know, in their eighties they had pain when they woke up, they had no energy. They had just all these things that you shouldn't have in your late twenties, early thirties. And so I talked to Ken and we did my labs and they were within normal limits. They were on the higher end, but my symptoms, like I said, were full blown. So then we started to try to have a baby and couldn't get pregnant. So we went to fertility specialist. He actually gave me the official diagnosis of Hashimoto's. My mom also has Hashimoto's, so it does run in my family. And he put me on some nature thyroid medication. And then I started to eat dirty keto, lazy keto, eventually transitioned to good, clean keto. And then uh, about four months prior to my first IVF cycle, I did carnivore and I did that all the way up until my first trimester of pregnancy. And then I had meat aversions. But by that time, every single symptom was pretty much gone. I was, I had energy again. I could think like I used to think I could put sentences together and have an intelligent conversation. I had energy. I was myself again. And so not only had I gotten pregnant finally with one round of IVF, which is pretty rare these days, I also felt like myself again. So it was like I was winning all the way around and the answer was super simple. I just had to stop eating crap. You know, you say it's super simple, (laughs) but why do more people not do what what you do? I I mean, is it because they're lacking knowledge or they just don't want to have to do the work? What, What do you think it is? I think it's a little of both. I think there aren't that many people talking about it. I think there are a lot of people saying that you can't do this with Hashimoto's or thyroid Mm. uh, disorders somehow magically need more carbs uh, and that women need more carbs. There's a lot of that information. And I think people will gravitate more towards that opinion because it's the easier one to do. It's easier to continue to eat your carbs and carb up and carb cycle and all of that stuff. It is easier, but is it better? I mean, I guess there are people who are doing it successfully, but so am I. Exactly. And, and I think that's kind of where we're getting into a lot of trouble in our community is thinking that there's a one-way approach to every single thing. You know, for, for you, what worked for you may not necessarily work for everybody, but I think what you're doing is a really good place to start and then see what happens. And then if you feel like you need to add stuff back in, gradually add it back in. But, you know. Who am I to say? I don't yeah. know. It's so, you <laughs> yeah, know. I'm, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who's going to tell you, you need to do it exactly like I, need, I did it. That's not me. I'm not you. Our issues are not the same. My body is different than yours. Maybe you've been sicker longer than me. Maybe you've not been sick at all, you know? So all these things you have to take into account on your journey and on your path. Do I think the carb count is pretty consistent for most people that you should stay under. Yeah, I do. I think that there's a lot of people that disagree with me, but 
for the most part, the more people I talk to and the longer their keto journey, ketovore journey, carnivore journey, it's consistent. I had to go down on my carbs because it caught up with me. I could not agree with you more. I'm on your team, sister. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I've seen, and I've talked to way too many people. I do the success stories for Meet Our Eggs, and I hear it time and time and time again. There has to be something to it. All these people are not exaggerating. All these people are not lying. Why would they? Okay, maybe you have a few, but all of them? I don't think so. There's got to be something right. to it. And that's what I keep going back to. And I've experienced it myself. Now, I haven't had anything necessarily as major as what you had, but I also notice a lot of improvement. So there's something to that. And I mean, I know people are really hard to let go of those carbs, though. It's like, yeah. what is that? I mean, I know there's the addiction aspect, but right. it's also, I think it's the psychological thing because you've been indoctrinated. You must have this, you know, the food pyramid. You know? For sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And it's not even our fault. You know, we've been told this stuff our entire lives. Of course, we're going to lean towards those opinions that, you know, meat's going to cause cancer and that your body runs on carbs. And that if you eat too many calories or not enough calories, you know, all that stuff that we've been told over and over and over again, when really it boils down to insulin, basically that, that almost covers every single disease out there. Insulin, hyperinsulinemia is the problem. And what causes that? carbs. I love that. Yes. <laughs> and that is what it seems to boil down. Everything that I've, I've heard, read, you know, seen with my own eyes seems to all boil down to that. And so yeah. what is the solution? Huh. It's kind of very interesting that, yeah. that it seems like it's this hard concept, but I, I get the, the whole, you know, thinking this because we've been told this our whole entire lives. Right. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get to the questions from the followers because I kind of have a list and it may be lengthy. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, first question, which we kind of already know, but you can elaborate a little bit more. Is it possible to put Hashimoto's in remission and get off thyroid meds? Um, well, that depends on who you ask, obviously. Uh, there is a lab value, if you look it up for remission, so your lab values need to be under a certain amount, your antibodies, your TSH, all that stuff, and then you are in remission. There are providers that talk about that. I'm going to see a new provider that's going to be on my YouTube channel. I'm doing an entire series about my labs, my medication, all that stuff. I don't encourage anyone to come off medication without talking to their provider. I personally made that decision after I had Beckett to come off my medication and go heavy, heavy meat, almost completely carnivore to see if I could manage it because I felt wonderful and I still feel wonderful, but are my labs okay? I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to find out. I think that for most people, you're going to have to have the hormone replacement for thyroid issues, especially if you've been sick for a very long time. The thyroid is so important. You want to keep it healthy. And I think a lot of people will hang on to this mentality that if they're on a medication, somehow that's bad. And it's just not true. Uh, if you can get off a medication, of course, that's wonderful. Blood pressure, insulin, those kind of things are awesome. Some people still have to take blood pressure medicine because some blood pressure issues are hereditary and you may have that for life. And that's okay too. Just because you aren't able to get all the pills out doesn't mean you're not having a successful journey, especially with thyroid people. I don't know that I will ever be able to come off thyroid medication. I did this as an experiment and I feel fine. If I had felt bad, I would have went back on it, but 
I think you have to let go of that whole, like, I'm taking a pill, so I'm a failure. I still have to take medication. Like, some people may still have to take medication, and that's okay. As long as you are staying healthy and your markers are good, that's what's important. I, I cannot agree more. I, and I hear a lot of people who say that too. Me for one, I hate medications and that was a big goal for me and I am off on medications. So I'm very happy about that. However, like you said, just because you may not have the same success with that doesn't mean you're a failure either. It just means there's something going on and maybe too much damage or whatever that you need it. And that's okay. That is okay. Right. It doesn't right. make you fail the diet or the diet didn't fail you. It is just not everything. Even Sean Baker says it's not everything is diet related. Sometimes there are things that you can't cure and mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So when do you plan on getting tested again? I'm really curious to see how this goes. Monday. So Ooh. yeah. So I will go to see her name is Danny Williams and she's in Brentwood, Tennessee, and she specializes in Hashimoto. She's a um, functional medicine nurse practitioner and she treats people with nutrition and uh, I've heard great things about her. So I wanted to see her take on the carnivore type diet in relation to the thyroid get her opinion and talk about that on my youtube channel because i get so much crap <laughs> because um i'm going to kill myself by eating this way because i have a thyroid issue and i obviously ken yes obviously ken is a, a, a physician he's been <laughs> a physician for a while he supports this but his opinion Nurse. doesn't matter <laughs> Yeah, and I'm a nurse, it, but that doesn't matter. So I wanted to get an outside opinion, someone who isn't biased towards me in this way of eating, someone outside of the community, because I think that that will speak volumes to how I am treating my own illness. I love that. And I will put an update down below with all Anisha's stuff because I cannot wait to hear this. And I, I'm hoping it's, it's great news. I think it will be because, I mean, you're feeling so great. How could it be horrible if you feel great? I mean, yeah, but, but it's always we'll good to have that proof, right? So yeah, you can exactly. go, eh, Cece. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm always, I'm a proof is in the pudding type of person. Yes, I feel great. I, my symptoms are gone. But what does the blood work say? Blood is very important. It's one of the things that matters most. A lot of people go by the scale. Ugh, That's the last yeah. thing that shows success. Your blood work is what shows success. How you feel is showing your success. How you feel is huge. <laughs> I mean, think of, uh, think of all the years you felt bad. I, I know exactly. what I felt like. <laughs> yeah. And I knew I was unhealthy. But then yeah. you still have that whole thing in the back of my, oh, it's because you're getting older. I mean, you're young, but, you know, getting older. Oh, you're supposed to do this. Um, yeah, not so much. Not like that anyway. Exactly. <sighs> okay. What were your TPO antibodies on diagnosis and what are they now? But we'll find the, what are they now? Monday. But. Well, I tried to get my antibody markers on my lab work, and for, I don't know what happened to all my labs. I, I can't find them on LabCorp, LabQuest. They act like it doesn't exist. I don't know what happened. Somebody, but all of my labs that I printed off were in the farmhouse. So, but it was. Oh no. It was yeah, <laughs> but it was high, um, especially around the time that I was super, super sick. But at the beginning, they were just borderline 
but I'm, I'm curious to know what they are right now. So I can't wait to get my labs redone. I need them redone. I, I, I would never go this long, but you know, the virus and uh-huh. then I had a baby and like life is weird right now. So obviously I hear you. just <laughs> walking into a lab just to get your labs done is kind of something that I wasn't doing here for a while. So I'm excited to get that done again. I hear you. No, I can't wait. Like I said, it's going to be below because that's super exciting. Okay. Why are conventional doctors so resistant to prescribing T3 medications such as Cytomel? Cytomel? Cytomel. I don't know. I think it has a lot to do with they just, they're, what they're comfortable doing. They just want to stay in that comfort zone. And I think that's most of it. I don't think they're trying to make everybody sicker and not treat you well. I think that they just don't find those kind of medications to be common among their peers in use. And so therefore they don't use them as much, but I think that will change. I hope so. Um, okay. How long does it take to feel better? I take armor Lugo LA and I have been keto six months with no difference. Uh, it depends on the person. For some people it takes longer. And for me, I was lucky. I saw results in seven days. Wow. I saw, a lot of my symptoms improve. I lost five pounds. My energy level spiked. I was able to see benefits in seven days. And I think if you're doing it properly, because a lot of, it depends on how many carbs, are you still eating a lot of carbs because you're counting net and not total? And are you eating true keto? or Are you eating keto products? There's a lot that goes into it. I think when you have any kind of health issues, you need to eat as clean as possible and as low carb as possible because your body isn't perfect anymore. It's, it's already got damage and your healing process is going to be more work. And so if you want to see faster results, you're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to eat the lower carb. You're going to have to not eat products and give up the diet Cokes and eat more meat and more fat. There's a lot that goes into making your body well again. You have to give it what it needs. And if you're still eating packaged product foods, do you think that that is a good way to do that? I don't. I think that real one ingredient foods, meat, butter, bacon, eggs, maybe some veg, but those type of things, that's what your body is built on. So, uh, Absolutely. Uh, okay. When you first started this whole process and, and you were looking more to dealing with the Hashimoto's, what was your diet like? Did you do the, the, like the keto desserts and the the packaged foods or did you start cutting all that out? Mostly I stayed whole food. I did eat some fat bombs in the beginning because that's what people were doing. It was very popular when we were doing keto, the fat bomb and the bulletproof coffee and the keto coffee, all that was very popular. So I did the fat bombs and the bulletproof coffee and CT oil, all of that stuff, which I don't use in CT oil and I haven't had a fat bomb in two years, but I did use those kind of hacks to become fat adapted. I did the lazy, dirty keto. So, you know, McDonald's burgers with no bun, Wendy's burgers, no bun, um, salads without lettuce. I did that a lot, which got me (laughs) looked at like I was a crazy person because a Cobb salad is delicious. If I don't have to eat around the lettuce, 
Like give me double chicken, double bacon, double avocado, double eggs and no lettuce. And it's an amazing meal. So I did things like that. And then the more I went along every now and then I would use some products. Like I did keto chow while I was pregnant because I couldn't get my protein in because I couldn't eat meat. I, it made me want to vomit. So every now and then in my journey, I have used products to get me through that time to get back to where I needed to be, which was no products at all. Awesome. Perfect. That sounds a lot like what, what I've done, but again, I didn't have the issues you have. So <laughs> that is great. Um, okay. Do you take levoxthyroxine or armal thyroid for your Hashimoto's or I guess, did you take, what did you take exactly? Right. So levothyroxine is the synthetic version of thyroid hormone. I was prescribed that, but then Ken talked to my doctor into letting me do desiccated thyroid, which is nature armor. Mm -hmm. I think there's a few different ones in the UK and Canada. And so I did the desiccated thyroid because that's what I wanted to do. Now there are people who do well on levothyroxine. If you're doing well, that's fine. I, I, whatever. I just preferred something that was real over mm -hmm. something that was synthetic and I did well on it. So, but like I said, I took myself off of it and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Monday. <laughs> yeah. Now my mom took the, the, the nature one, but she can't get it anymore. Yeah. And, and she's so upset because that is what really seemed to work well for her. So she doesn't really have a choice at this point. I mean, sometimes they, they would, you know, only would give her like a couple of pills to get her by. And then they would say, Oh, we can't get it in. Oh no, yeah. we can't get it in. And uh, so she actually had gone without for a little while. And of course, you know, that's probably not a good thing in when right. somebody in her boat, but Oh yeah. So she just had to go to the synthetic. I think that's a bummer. Why, why is that? Do you know what, what is the deal with that? I'm not exactly sure what happened there, okay. but it started about a year ago because my mom mm -hmm. is on nature as well. So we switched to armor because it seemed to be easier to get. I don't know if it was testing or just the company. I don't know what's up. It's kind of strange. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, it was, she was trucking along just fine and she was doing really well. And then all of a sudden, she can't get it anywhere. And this was yeah. way before any COVID or anything. That's mm -hmm. like you said, about a year ago. Yeah. Okay. Is nori a good iodine supplement? I eat salmon, eggs, sardines, beef, pork, etc. No dairy. I have fibrocystic boobs and Hashimoto's. So she has cysts in her breast. So that sounds like you, she has a lot of insulin issues. Um, any form of quality iodine is okay if you're getting it from your food, like seafood. Uh, nori, I think is fish eggs, but I'm not hundred percent sure. I could be totally wrong. Uh, but any form of seafood is a great source of iodine. I do supplement with Lugol's iodine, which is a liquid form that you can find on Amazon. I get the 2% and I put two drops in my coffee every morning. And then I also try to eat some seafood during the week, uh, some cocktail shrimp. I love oysters. I could eat my weight in oysters. Obviously I'm not going to restaurants a whole lot these days. So <laughs> I don't have oysters laying around my house, but any kind of seafood is going to be good for them. But if you don't like seafood, you can do the iodine supplement. Of course, talk to your provider, the supplement, all that good stuff. La, 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How were you diagnosed? My primary doesn't seem concerned about unexplained weight gain and most of the symptoms you've talked about. I guess she's watched some of your videos. You mentioned an Everly Well test. 
I've been mostly keto carnivore and feel better, but I have some setbacks. I'm also on metformin. Got my A1C from 12 to 6 via diet and exercise, but weight gain and fatigue during the last year. Uh, so I got diagnosed, like I said, for my fertility doctor because my antibodies were going up at that point. But you, I, I encourage people to shop for a doctor, and I realize that that costs money. But your health is worth the investment to find a provider that will work with you the way that you need them to. Staying with a doctor who doesn't seem concerned about your health is a waste of money. Obviously, he doesn't take it seriously if he's not listening to you. If you say, I don't feel well and something is wrong and he's just like, shrugs it off, excuse me, you're fired. No. Find someone who will listen to you, do some research, get on Google, get on a Facebook forum, find a doctor in your area or a nurse practitioner. I mean, you don't have to go to an MD. A nurse practitioner is fine. There are some really good ones and there's some really bad doctors. So just because there's an MD behind their name doesn't make them magical. It doesn't, obviously, because your doctor is neglecting you. So you need to find somebody that will listen to your symptoms and not just look at your labs because while labs are very important, they're not the end all be all. How you feel is a reflection that something is wrong in your body. Amen. I hear this so often, especially when you're talking about something like fibromyalgia, Hashimoto's, and a few other things. It seems like they're just being brushed aside because they don't really know. Either they don't know to dig deeper or they're just too busy and it's just too crazy to think about what could be wrong and they just kind of, but that, that's very common. And yeah. I, I think that's very sad, but I mean, I don't know with, with what they're kind of tasked to do these days, I guess. I don't know. Right. Okay. Let me see if I, I'm not exactly sure I completely understand this question, but maybe you can decipher it. Can breastfeeding cravings and keto work together? Just started and I get so hungry. Uh, actually, my cravings are worse breastfeeding than they were while I was pregnant, which is so weird. You wouldn't think that that would be when I had cravings, but you can still do keto just fine. Find alternatives to the things that you're craving. You can make your own ice cream. I have an ice cream recipe on my YouTube channel. You can make alternatives to literally everything. Keto pizza, that you, you know, fathead dough, all that stuff. And when you're breastfeeding, don't worry about losing weight. Like I know I did but that, that's not what my goal was. My goal was to feed my child. And if I was hungry, then I ate because I have to have fuel in my body to make milk and also the bonding and all that stuff. So don't worry about eating too much while you're breastfeeding. If you're hungry, that's a sign from your body that you need to eat because you are growing a human child and they are growing fast. So to be able to fuel that growth, you also need to be fueling your body. So just find alternatives, give in to the cravings in a keto way. I'm not saying go to the DQ and get a cookie dough blast. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying find ways that you can satisfy those cravings and still maintain the keto lifestyle. Great advice. Great advice. Okay. So this is a, a very personal one and I got Nisha's okay to talk about it. So it's all good. <laughs> one follower asked, how did y'all deal with all the loss you faced last year with the two fires, the clinic and the farmhouse? And do y'all have any updates on whether or not it was arson? 
okay. So I'll answer the first part first. Um, I didn't deal with it very well. And Ken obviously is a man, so he doesn't talk about it. Like, you know, but uh, you, I know him well enough to know how he was dealing with it as well. And I was pregnant at the time, nine months pregnant when the farmhouse mm. burned. And so um, it was, it was a very stressful time because I was trying not to give in to the emotions because obviously I was pregnant. I didn't want that to feed into the baby and stress the baby mm-hmm. and maybe go into labor early because I wanted to go all the way to full term if I needed to, obviously. And so I tried to compartmentalize it, but it was very hard. There were a lot of nights that I just cried all night long and I was scared because I didn't know if it was arson. It, they have said that it's an undetermined mm. cause. That's not a real answer to me because mm. that doesn't mean anything. It yeah. doesn't tell me anything. And so I obviously didn't have that answer then. So I was scared that somebody burned my house down. I'm fixing to have a newborn. Um, we hadn't moved hardly anything out of the house, all of our furniture, Ugh. all of our books, like we bought new stuff for the apartment. So everything except for what we brought with us, which was not that much. It was an apartment. I mean, we couldn't fit much in there was in the house. And so dealing with that loss while also trying to celebrate this new life um, was a really weird place to be, but you know, it made us stronger and it brought us closer. And I mean, we were put through the fire literally. And I think the fact that, you know, we've kept it together and grown closer is a testament to our relationship. So I love that. I love hearing that. That had to have been so tough because when you're pregnant to begin with, you're like so emotional and the littlest things have such a huge impact because your hormones are all over the place. And then that's traumatic. My goodness, not one, but two. And I'm sorry that that is so coincidental to me. And at the time y'all were kind of dealing with some disgruntled people. Am I right with that? Yeah. And I was also, I'd fought so hard to be pregnant. It's not like it was easy for me. And so, and I was taking hormones on top of pregnancy hormones. So when the first fire happened and then all that other stuff happened, it was an extremely hard thing for me to process because I obviously was hormonal and upset and scared and like, stressed out and I was still in the first trimester of my pregnancy when the first fire happened so I was scared was I even going to make it through the first trimester and then all this stuff happened and then all the drama on top of all of that stuff it was like we just got tested over and over and over again um I guess there's you know what what do they say everything happens for a reason Mm -hmm. we have become stronger for it we didn't let it get us down we didn't let us break us we didn't let it destroy us because we stood together and we know that we were here for a reason we're here to do a specific mission and we just kept pushing forward and focusing on that and not letting the stress of loss pull us back because you just can't do that and although there were times when I wanted to give into it I knew that that wasn't going to help anything. I can't go back in time. I can't find out what actually happened. That's not my job. That was the TBI's job. Mm -hmm. Supposedly they did their job. I have to let go of that. I don't have control over it. And I had to move forward. And so that's what we've done. 
good for you. And I have seen a lot of growth in both of y'all actually, you know, watching y'all, I've been watching y'all for a long time and, and listening to videos and, and watching what the different things that y'all are doing. And right now y'all have such a huge impact on our community, the keto carnivore community, that that's huge. And you're changing so many lives. I hate that you went through what you did. It broke my heart to see that. But at the same time, I love who y'all are coming out of all this tragedy. I think y'all are super special people. And, you know, I know all of us prayed for y'all <laughs> so much because it was such an awful thing. And bam, 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 and, you know, and being pregnant. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. yeah, no, but you're exactly right. I, I find myself at a point now finally where I can be grateful because I have changed so much. And like, I will watch an older video. Sorry. That's okay. Sorry. Somebody called me. Um, I will watch older videos and just my life in general is completely different. And that, that's because I'm a mother now and, and mm. the things that happened happened and, mm. and really put things into perspective for me and changed how I look at the world. And then everything that's happened in 2020 also has changed how I see things in my perception and so although I would have loved for that not to happen I can find peace and knowing that it has made me somebody that I am proud to be. I, I agree. I, I've done a lot of changing too. Uh, you know, it's very frustrating and I've had my depression times and all of that, but I've also seen a whole lot of growth and things that I probably would not have done if I yeah. wasn't forced to step up and do something. So mm -hmm. that, that is very, very strong words. And I definitely noticed the growth in both of y'all and I think it's fabulous and kudos. And I just love that. Okay. Let's see. All right. Here's a very important question. What would you tell someone who feels like they have no hope of getting better? The ones who feel like it's a life sentence. What advice um, would you give them? I can say I was there. I had given up. I thought, well, this is just my life now. I'm going to be a miserable person and I, I, this is it. But it's not. <laughs> it's really not. And even if you can't get rid of everything, you can make it better. You can. It's science. Like inflammation going down is going to be better. So while there may, you might not feel like you did when you were 18, although you might, I feel better than I did when I was in my 20s. I am, I do. And I definitely feel better than I was when I was six. So don't feel like there isn't an answer. Keep searching, keep fighting for your wellness because it's the only thing that matters. You only have one body. You only have this one gift and you have to make the most of it and you have to fight for it because no one else is going to do it for you. Love that. Love that. That's going to be a quote. It's going to be on a meme you watch. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, I want to ask you something kind of on a, a, a personal level too. Um, your Nisha loves it. How did that come along? And how did you get into the whole, uh, the fashion thing and, and all of that? I, I love watching that. I think it's so fun and you're so adorable. It's like, like, I, like I told you, you would look good in anything, a trash bag. You're like my daughter. I mean, it doesn't matter. Cut a hole out, put the trash bag over. Cute. New fashion. <laughs> well, thank you. But um, yeah, so I've had several blogs over my life. I've always had a YouTube channel. I just didn't know what I was doing. 
<laughs> at all for a long time. For the, my first few YouTube channels were music based because I sing. And then oh. I kind of let that go. And then I blogged more of like a personal, like poetry kind of stuff for a long time. And then I decided that was just going to talk about my life. And so I started uh, three years ago, I think. And I just started writing about daily things. And then I started doing it on Instagram and Facebook and started my YouTube channel again. And I just wanted to do something. I'm, I have a creative background. I feel like I need to do something creative to like channel that energy. And that's just where it landed. It just happened to land there and people happened to think I was entertaining. And, <laughs> and then we all started talking about keto with Ken and that kind of is where it took off because talking about that, we just caught it when it was cresting that way when people were mm -hmm. just starting to talk about it more. And so that's, I think, where it grew. But that's obviously not the only thing I talk about because that's not my entire life. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> and I don't think wellness is just about food. I think it's about everything. I think it's about sleep. I think it's about your, mm -hmm. your vibes and your energy and what negativity you let in your life and getting out of your house. And there's just so much more. And so I share those parts of my wellness as well. Like I get dressed because I feel better. I am more productive. I'm not imp trying to impress anybody. No one's around. <laughs> like it's Beckett. for me. Yeah. Beckett. Yeah. He just wants to rip my clothes off though. Cause he's hungry all the time, but I enjoy putting myself together because it boosts me. If I sit around in sweats and my hair looks like a mess and it does every day in the morning when I wake up, I look like a crazy person. Could be the girl from Harry Potter, like the witch. It's crazy. But when I just put, and it's not a lot, I, this is a messy bun. This took me five minutes. I'm wearing mascara and some baby That's what cream. I'm saying. It's not so, a lot. Just like my daughter. And then just a, a little bit and ah, oh, so cute. And I'm like, <laughs> But it's, it's, I used to wear a ton of makeup. I don't anymore. My skin is good. I was covering up my weight. I was contouring like a pro because my face was so <laughs> inflamed that I felt like I needed to cover that up with makeup. I don't do that anymore. I wear, I wear two products a day and some lip gloss, but it's not about this vanity thing, which I'm not saying it didn't used to be. It probably was, but I've changed so much that it's not about that anymore. It's about just putting on something that makes me feel like, boom, I'm here. Let's kill this day. Let's rock this. Let's get stuff done. Attitude. <laughs> Attitude, yeah. <laughs> I love it. And it is so important. And uh, kind of, you kind of touched on this. And this is something that I feel very strongly about because every time I, I dieted or, you know, we're trying to make a life change, it was always about weight and looking good, wearing cute little clothes, et cetera. And okay, that's fine. But I never cared about the health aspect of it. That was always, you know, roll my eyes, okay, whatever. I don't care. I can wear my size zeros, whatever. And, but now after going through health issues and then coming out on the other side, I realized that, yeah, I still want to look good. I'm not going to say I don't, but it's the health. That is what is so incredibly important. And people, you know, I coach, right? And, and what, what do you think people want? Weight loss. Weight loss. 
And so I kind of try to spin it a little bit and get the message back about, you know, hey, how about we focus on health? Let's get healthy first, and then the other will be so much easier, and you'll be able to maintain it instead of this silliness. You know, if you don't get that down, then, you know, it makes it difficult, as you well know. Yeah. So, so what, are, what is your whole take on the aesthetics versus health? Just give uh, a good... It's so frustrating when I talk about this, because I feel like when I do, people are like, oh, well, you don't know, because you're skinny. I'm like, well... Yeah, but that doesn't make what I'm saying not true. <laughs> That's just your perception of me. And like I said, I gained 60 pounds and I was on well on my way to gaining 100. Like it was going there. If I hadn't stopped what I was doing and taken notice of my health, like it was going to happen. I was going to get up to 200 pounds. It was going to be bad. But if I weighed 30 more pounds right now, I would still eat this way because it's more about how I feel, how my energy level is, the inflammation, the pain, everything. Weight is important. I'm not saying it's not. When you have more weight on your body, you're stressing your body out. That's just a fact. You're putting more weight on your joints. You're going to cause more problems. Your insulin is probably still up. But there's issues that come along with still holding weight. But as long as you are seeing benefits on the inside, that means the next step is coming. It may be a minute, but it's going to come. There are plenty of people out there that have been doing this long term, had a year long stall, and then it started coming off again. But you know, during that year long stall, what didn't happen, they didn't get sick again because they just stayed the path. They stayed on their journey. They were persistent. They were patient with their bodies because these people may be older. Like a nurse, Cindy, she's an older woman. She knows she's put her body through the ringer for years, decades. She knew she had to be patient and she was, and she got success. I love her. She's awesome. I know she's the best. <laughs> she is. And doggone it. Keto con being canceled and carnivory con and all that. I'm so, uh, so sad about that. So sad. I had so many yeah. people I wanted to catch up with. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Just one more question. Um, and I, you hear, hear so much debate about hormones and calories in, calories out. What's your little spin on that? Uh, from ex my experience, when I did calories in, calories out, it didn't help my hormones at all. <laughs> I mean, that just changed nothing. I felt like crap. It didn't matter. I was eating whole ancestral paleo, whatever. That didn't help me. What helped me was cutting down what triggered my inflammation, which is carbs, any carb, fruit, veggie, whatever. The carbs affect my body the same, whether they come from a cupcake or they come from a keto cupcake. It's going to, if it has that many carbs in it, it counts for me. Calories, I don't count them. I never will. And then I just won't do it because I didn't get sick because I was eating calories. I got sick because I was eating sugar and wheat and drinking alcohol and those kind of things that force your body to be in panic mode, especially if you have an autoimmune disease. Do you think my body was like, oh, calories? you're eating that many calories and therefore I'm going to attack you. No, 
that's not what triggered it. It was what I put in my body that made my insulin go up, that made my antibodies go up, that made all of my inflammation, my pain, my brain fog. I'm eating more calories than I used to. And somehow I'm not sick anymore. Somehow I weigh what I weigh now and not what I weighed when I was counting calories. What's, is that, am I some anomaly? Am I magical? Is there, am I just like this unicorn? Yeah, I was about to say unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's a law, shouldn't it apply to everyone across the board? It should, right? So while I don't think calories don't count, I don't think that they have the weight that people give them. It's what you put in your body based on sugar and carbs and how nutrient dense the food you're eating is. That's what's important. Amen. So food quality and what you eat is a little bit more important than the calories. Not that they I don't think matter. It's just. I don't think that they matter. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> think that they matter. I think, and I can't speak for everyone, but most people that I've talked to that think that they're eating too many calories, really it ends up being that their macros are off. They're eating, they, their fat needs to be upped or their protein needs to be down or they're still eating 100 grams of total carbs because they're counting net. That, I mean, if you can tell me that you can, you can eat, I'm eating 2,500 calories a day and it's meat. I consistently eat from 1,800 to 2,500 a day. If you put my stupid stuff into a stupid calculator, it'll tell you even breastfeeding that I should eat 1500 calories a day. Uh -huh. Why am I not gaining weight? If you think calories count, then how come they don't count for me? Like, am that's, I that's unicorn? interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. My point here. I think you if are. They, yeah. If they, I think you are. I'm a unicorn. <laughs> I think you are. I think so. <laughs> I'm just like it. They base this off the law of thermodynamics. And if it's a law, then why doesn't it apply to me? Yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> I'm just saying it's up for debate. Debate me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I love if it. People want to count calories. I think that that's fine. I'm not going to tell them not to. I just think that yeah. the focus should be on the nutrients. I, I so agree because I did that my whole life. I did it for 40 years. And what was my results? <laughs> well, just go look at my story and you can see what my results were. Not yeah. a good thing. But now it's pretty much effortless. You know, I don't eat 2,500 calories, but then again, I'm, you know, 54. So there you go. <laughs> right. And I, I am breastfeeding, really... but I'm also yes. sedentary. I don't exercise. I sit right here at this computer or on my phone. Not that I shouldn't, I should exercise. I think it's good for you, but I'm not. So I'm really like sitting on my butt and best bre uh, breastfeeding, but I'm breastfeeding less because now Beckett eats uh -huh. more real food. So no, no. Yeah. Someone no, do an experiment on me. <laughs> no, unicorn. I told you, unicorn. <laughs> yeah, it is very interesting, that whole concept. And, and seeing it play out time and time again with exactly what you're saying. So, yeah. And I'm five foot two, like you. And I don't have a really big frame. And, uh, I, you know, it, it does say 1,500 calories maintenance. Mm-hmm. And that is what I happen to eat. I, and I only know that because I kind of uh, check just, just out of curiosity because everybody yeah. asks you, you know? Yeah. And so I had That's no clue. 
Yeah. And so I kind of put it in and I was like, Oh, interesting. Okay. But that's what my body tells me I want. And that's it. And, and I'm done. I, I don't want right. more than that. My body just says no. And I only eat twice a day, but I'm not breastfeeding either. So, you know, oh, yeah. that would be awfully weird if I was, but <laughs> you know, I then I would be the unicorn. I thought that I was eating way less calories. I really did. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to calculate it up and see what it was. And I was pretty shocked because I bet it looks like I'm not eating that much because it's just meat, you know? So yeah. it's not this big plate of food, but it, it is because you meat is nutrient dense. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it's awesome. And that, that's why you don't need to eat as much. That's kind of the whole point. And I think that's kind of some people who have the binge eating disorder. I think they, that, that kind of, uh, you know, overrides that sometimes. And mm-hmm. it, it, to me, I physically can't overeat meat. Can't do it. I cannot do it. I tried. I tried at one of those Brazilian places. Can't do it. I I put the last piece in my mouth and I I had to spit it out. I could not do Mm -hmm. it. And it wasn't even that my gut was like, oh my God, like you you used to, or we used to do, I think all of us on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. I I, I had to stop. It was done. But Mm -hmm. um, there are a few people who claim they can do that. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. And I think there are people who can overeat for sure because they have a history of overeating or they're getting triggered by certain foods. Right. and they let go. Yeah, I think that's totally possible for somebody to overeat. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying for the most part, it's not how much, it's what. Agree. I agree, agree. After 40 years of experience with that, I'm going to have to agree with you. <laughs> so when, when you do eat, what, what, what is your percentage? Do you think, I mean, you kind of played it into the, car, uh, the calculator. Um, what is your fat to protein ratio? I guess is what I'm asking. I can't remember what exactly it says. It's a, my fat macro is higher than my protein significantly on most days, but there are some days where my fat is lower than my protein. I don't, you know, I eat intuitively. So if I'm feeling like I want some fat, I eat some fat. If I just want a steak plain, I eat a plain steak. So it depends on the day for me. But for the most part, I do eat a lot of fat because I like butter and I like mm. cream and I oh God, yeah. like cheese, you know, so those, those add up if I apply them to every single meat and I'm eating fatty meat on top of that mm. fat. So that fat macro adds up because I'm eating chicken thighs, ribeyes, just fatty cuts, fatty brisket, fatty ribs, that kind of thing. So I'm adding fat to an already fat cut of meat. Those, that's going to up my fat to the protein ratio significantly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm kind of, because of the age I'm at and hitting that, you know, menopause, you know, whatever <laughs> change, I've had to kind of, or I'm experimenting. I lowered the fat and up the lean protein to see kind of if that's going to help out anymore because I have kind of, without changing my diet at all, I kind of started gaining weight a little bit. So my hormones are wackadoodle right now. So trying to get that under control to stop that because I don't want to go there again. And uh, so I've, I'm kind of switching that out just to see if it makes a difference. I don't know. But I think I know- that that's very smart because like you said, and we don't talk about this a lot because I don't know why people don't, but what works for you today may not work for you next month. Yes. yes. Especially as a woman, we go through many changes in life with our hormones and that will affect how you hold weight, maintain weight, lose weight. That affects that on the whole, even if you weren't eating the way that you're eating. So it's still going to happen and you still need to pay attention to your body. And obviously you are, but that's a lesson people can learn from you is that 
you're changing things up oh, because, yes. hey, it was working, but now it's not. And that's okay, yes. too. Yes. I think, you know, so many messages get, get, you know, so confusing in our community, especially right now. I don't know what's going on with that, but whatever. Um, you know, this, that, whatever. And, and you, you hear that, you know. And so I've been trying very hard to get that message across that what works for you may not work for me. And what works for you today may not work for you tomorrow because I'm living it. I've changed nothing. And, and all of a sudden, you know, and, and blame it on stress. I don't know, but pretty sure it's those hormones and menopause. Yeah. So and it, it could be sense. stress too. That's another good point is that it could yeah. be stress that will cause what cortisol to go up, which may cause you to gain weight or stall or yep. whatever. There's tons of things that can affect what you're doing and how it is successful or not successful. But. Yes. So it's it, what you said earlier, the holistic approach is, is what's important. It's not just diet. There's other mm -hmm. things involved too. Sleep. Oh goodness. That is so incredibly important. And, you know, get, getting that little bit of me time. And I hope you get you time. <laughs> I see you get to do some relaxing things, you know, go fishing and doing some stuff like that. But ooh, when you have a baby and you're doing all that you're doing, that's a lot of stress and it's hard it's to lot. find me time. Yeah. yeah. I know. I have yeah. a, I have a good tribe. I have a good village. Uh, my mom, my dad, Kim, Morgan, you know, Beckett's got a, several sisters and they're all really good. So awesome. they help me out and help carry the load for sure. Your mom's adorable, by the way. I, oh I love how y'all did that little fashion show. That, that is the cutest. <laughs> that is so awesome. Okay. I'll, I'll make my mom do that. <laughs> I could just see her doing that. I don't think it would it's come fun. up. <laughs> that is too funny. Okay. One more question. Where do you see Nisha going in the future? Where do you see yourself going, doing? Um, I think eventually I'll go back to labor and delivery at oh. least part time because I mean, that's, I loved my job. I didn't quit cause I didn't like it. And I, I'm, although I enjoy, you know, spending time at home, I, I'm, I'm a nurse. I wanted to be a nurse my whole life. That's not something I plan on giving up. I do think that I'm still a nurse. I think that I'm still providing nurse content, nurse value, but obviously it's not the same. I'm losing skills, which right. when you've done it, as long as I've done it, I mean, I still got the basic ones, but you know, you really need to practice to maintain your skills for labor and delivery for sure, yeah. because you know, things change, the way you do things change over time. They've changed a lot in just the time I've been a nurse. So I think I'll go back to labor and delivery part-time and, but I'll continue doing all the same stuff that I'm doing now. And I think maybe I'm done having kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you've got a lot on your plate and yeah. you, you've got other kids too. <laughs> yeah, I do. Biologically, right? but they are still your They're kids. Mine. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I love the relationship you have with them. I think it's so cool, especially They're like with kids. Morgan. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. So what about singing? You know, Ken really pushes me to do that. And it's just, I don't, we live in Nashville and I've, yeah. I've lived, like, I've lived in Nashville several other times and I'm just so um, jaded, I guess, by the music industry right now yeah, that yeah. it kind of, it's so off-putting. I don't sing for any other reason other than I love singing. It's fun for me. And if people like it, awesome. 
And I don't sing the kind of music that's popular on YouTube. You know, I sing like gospel or Etta James, you know, I, I don't really like new music. So I don't think that my YouTube channel is going to take off over there. And that's fine because like <laughs> I said, I'm just doing it for fun. But I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a Yeah, singing is just a really fun hobby for me and I enjoy doing it. It's kind of like a stress relief thing. That's awesome. I remember the first time I heard you sing and I was like, what, what, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> I loved it. That was good. Yeah, you have this really soulful, rich, I, I, I like your voice. It's very nice. Thank you. So I hope you continue to do that, if nothing more than a hobby, obviously. Yeah. But um, yeah, and I'm thrilled about you going back to nursing at some point. I think that's great. I think you have so much to offer in, in that world too, especially once Becky gets older and you know, right. you're kind of like, you know, there comes a point, trust me, that you know, you need something because you're so involved with with your kids that when they're, you know, off to school and, or they're, you know, they move on, they graduate, they move on. You need to do something. So, it, yeah. it, you know, to make sure you're, you're doing stuff for you and you're not yeah. just, it's, it's always been about the kids, you know, or at least that's right. anyway. Well, Nisha, yeah. it has been a pleasure. We are out of time and thank you so very much for joining me. Uh, I've, I've had a blast and y'all be sure to subscribe, subscribe to this channel and Go follow subscribe to mine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I will have all her information below. I will also list her YouTube videos that she's done on Hashimoto's and maybe some other fun stuff, maybe a singing video or something. I don't know. I'll have a wealth of stuff below. So y'all check it out again. Thank you so much, Nisha. I've, I've had a blast. Thanks for having me. See you soon.